Welcome to the Women Want Strong Men podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stuttle. I believe it takes a strong man to appreciate a strong woman, and I'm here to bring a unique perspective to empower both sexes. I love talking with health experts, thought leaders, influencers, and people who have insightful information to share with us about our health, our society, and our pursuit for success and prosperity. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is officially your 560th reminder to please rate and follow the show. So I appreciate everyone taking the time to do that. Okay, so on today's episode, I have Dr. Zaid Ratanzi, known as Dr. Z. Dr. Z is a licensed naturopathic physician and a global authority on hyperbaric, biooxidative, and environmental medicine, as well as low-level light and chelation therapies. He is a trainer for hyperbaric oxygen therapy and has an IHA-approved education and training course on the safety and operation of these devices. His expertise led him to establish a research-based website for hyperbaric therapy at hyperbaricexperts.com. Dr. Z lectures worldwide on the use of hyperbaric oxygen therapy for neurological conditions and has played a leading role in implementing protocols on the use of this therapy in the mainstream medical settings. He has advised and trained many sports clubs, such as the Seattle Mariners, athletic trainers, team doctors, and athletes on how to implement hyperbaric therapy within their medical departments. Dr. Z also worked with boxing legend Muhammad Ali to help him fight Parkinson's disease. I can't wait to learn more about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So welcome to the show, Dr. Z. Very nice to be on your podcast. So let's just start with what is hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Okay, that's a fair question to start off with. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is basically a delivery system of supplying the body with a surplus of oxygen. So it's a pressure vessel that you'll go into. There are all different types, shapes, sizes. There's big ones, small ones. Think of a submarine or an airplane, you know, a pressure vessel. So these are either in clinics, hospital, or sometimes even home use. And what they are pressurized that exert a gas pressure law of physics. And these gas pressure laws of physics, one of them is called Henry's law that states the greater the pressure, the more a gas can dissolve in fluids. Well, in this case, the greater the pressure because we're pressurizing the chamber. It's a very not unpleasant experience. You just feel like you are in an airplane. Maybe the ear is popping because you're going under a pressurization. And so no other real changes you'll feel during that time. But what is happening is the more you go under pressure, the more your ears pop, the more you get down into a pressurization, the more that gas that we talk about in Henry's law is oxygen. That fluid is the blood. So you're dosing more oxygen into the blood. As simple as that is, what is hyperbaric oxygen therapy? It's a therapeutic delivery of a surplus of oxygen into the body. We use it for certain medical conditions in hospitals, and it can be even life-threatening because it supplies such a rich supply of extra oxygen into the body. 
Okay, so I have a few questions based on that explanation. Let's start with the type of device because I've seen the ones that kind of blow up. Like you said, they look kind of submarine-ish. And like I mentioned before we got on the podcast, this is an area of intrigue for me that I've been looking into. I tend to like how the hypercube tends to look, which is like a big, for people that don't know, it's like, a, I guess, a box that more than one person could fit into. So maybe explain the differences between an hyperbaric oxygen tank and then what we're seeing advertised in some of these wellness clinics as the mild hyperbaric oxygen chambers. What's the difference there? It's just the material that the chambers are made of. And typically in conventional hyperbaric therapy, they're either steel or acrylic uh, chambers that can withstand a great deal of pressure. So again, the dosage is dependent on the pressurization. The greater the pressure, the greater the dose. It's just like me saying a dose of a medication, and I can increase that by increasing pressure. Mild is lower pressure. So advances in technology allowed a polyurethane-type material to be produced that can withstand pressure, just like a swimming pool, it's under pressure. So this material can allow that same effect of getting into a pressurized environment and allowing more oxygen to be delivered into your body. So it's just a technology that allows for the advancement of this field of medicine in hyperbaric delivery. So the mild hyperbaric oxygen chambers are also effective. So now we're getting into some wording. The mild hyperbaric typically take proto, they are derived from the gamma bag, which was used to treat altitude sickness. So right now, mild hyperbaric chambers are FDA cleared in a classification as a medical device for acute mountain sickness. So let's say you're up in high altitude, you're climbing a mountain, and then all of a sudden, you know, the opposite happens. Greater pressure, greater oxygen, well, less pressure as you go up and you're climbing a mountain, you have less pressure. What do you have? Less oxygen. Well, that can be very dangerous and it could be life-threatening. It could lead into brain damage, comas. So we have hyperbaric chambers. They're called mild portable hyperbaric chambers that can be life-saving for this condition. Well, here's the thing. Mechanism of action is a pressurized vessel. So now we can then take a look at utilizing the physiological benefits of that extra oxygen into other applications. And that's what we call off-label. So a lot of doctors that use hyperbaric in mild hyperbaric are using it off-label to get that extra dosage, maybe for some other medical intervention. Okay. The reason I'm just trying to clarify is because if listeners decide they want to go out and do these therapies, I want to make sure when they're exploring these websites, they understand what the difference is between the therapies. Be careful because what you'll find is, yes, there'll be websites that will mix and match and you won't know because conventional hyperbaric chambers are FDA cleared. They're in wound centers, they're in hospitals, and they are cleared for 14 life-threatening conditions. Wounds that are about to be amputated, sudden hearing loss, radiation-induced tissue damage. We have emergency 
life-threatening blood loss anemia, carbon monoxide poisoning. So these are very serious conditions. And sometimes I see some misinterpretation because you're getting these mild hyperbaric chambers and they are not meant to treat any medical condition, well, except altitude sickness. But generally, here's the way to put it. Think of it like an oxygen supplement. That's my easiest way to describe mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy. When you go in the chamber, you're getting more oxygen. Every time the heart beats, it's another dose. So you sit there in this hyperbaric chamber, mild hyperbaric, you breathe normally, 14 times a minute, whatever. Every time you take a breath, oxygen, a surplus goes into that liquid that blood. And then the heart pumps this oxygen-rich blood. Where does that extra oxygen go? It doesn't get wasted. It goes into helping create physiological energy by combusting the carbon stored energy in food into usable energy for the body. We are so dependent and reliant on oxygen, this nutrient. Think about it. If you don't breathe for five minutes... How much energy do you have, right? So what's happening is we are oxygen dependent. Our bodies are built to take the oxygen in air and the heart pumps. How many times does it pump in a minute? Think of how oxygen dependent we are that that heart has to beat that many times to supply this life uh, we're talking the most critical nutrient in the body. So now in that surplus of oxygen, so, you know, mild sometimes gets a misconception because it's considered mild, but it's still a significant extra dose that now energizes the body, the brain, the organs, the organ systems, the immune system. So think of it for that short period of time you're energizing your body. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great explanation. And I think you probably just answered my next question. Let's just assume for a second that it's a healthy individual like myself that is getting in this chamber. I wear these aura rings. My oxygen saturation level is at 98%. So my question was going to be, which I think you're, you just kind of answered, if your oxygen saturation levels are already at 98, 99%, how does pressurized oxygen add to that? That's a great question. And I never answered it. And I'm so glad that you asked that. That is a question I get a lot. And, you know, people say, well, my blood oxygen is full. Why do I need more? And how much more am I going to get? Okay. Why can't I just put on an oxygen mask? Why do I need the pressure? So when you breathe air, air is 21% oxygen. Okay, now think about 21% oxygen going down your trachea into your lungs. And you get these alveoli, which is, it makes up your lungs, 500 million of these small little grape light sacs wrapped around by blood vessels. They're called capillaries, 70%. This is how oxygen dependent we are. Now, when the blood goes into the lungs like a magnet, that oxygen that's sitting in the lungs finally gets down there into those little alveoli, go on to the red blood cell. 
Okay, red blood cell. It goes on to hemoglobin. Hemoglobin, there's four sites of oxygen, four seats that oxygen can sit, like a taxi. And now think about this red blood cell having 250 million hemoglobin. That means 250 million taxis and almost every one of those seats are full when it leaves the lung, 97, 98, 99%. Like you said, you are so efficient. You breathe in 21%, you breathe out about 16. You can't force it in. That is why we can give CPR. Our, we're expelling oxygen that we, we can't use. Well, guess what? In a hyperbaric chamber, remember I said the gas pressure law of physics, that Henry's law, more oxygen goes into liquid. Well, that liquid, red blood cell isn't liquid. The blood plasma is liquid. The liquid that carries the blood is now getting these little oxygen molecules accumulating and you're super saturating. So now when the heart pumps, it's pumping extra oxygen in liquid And think of how big these red blood cells are. By the time they get into capillaries for tissue, there's restriction. What do we have? Cardiovascular disease. What do we have? Inflammation, aging, blood vessel disease. As we age, we get blood vessels narrowing. Inflammation, fatty streaks in the arteries. We know this. It starts at an early age. And so you ask me, What about a healthy individual? Well, if I looked at your arteries, I'll see inflammation. We'll see restriction. So now you are, quote unquote, a healthy individual, but you're going into hyperbaric chamber where you're getting past areas of injuries, areas that are low oxygen that might not be representing right now as a disease or a condition, and you're energizing that tissue. Hey, one of the key benefits of that surplus of oxygen for that period of time when you're inside the chamber is you start getting more and more stimulation of bone marrow-derived stem cells. We've seen that in all of our literature that now And it makes sense. You're in an energy surplus. The bone marrow starts saying, hey, I want to start regenerating. And guess what? New blood vessels, new tissue. That's the regenerative part of the body. What is aging, degeneration, injuries? So now we are getting an immediate effect of that. The second is obviously fuel for every cell. But the big part of that is the protection that happens after a session of hyperbaric. You're now fueling and metabolizing all metabolically active tissue. So inside every cell, there is now more protection. 24 hours later, after one session, you start getting more of what we call endogenous antioxidants. So now you're protecting the fragile DNA by having a natural resistance to oxidation and, you know, just environmental chemicals. There's conditioning studies. We can't 
predict when a bad event is going to happen. But if we keep our cells and our tissue strong, after two to four, five sessions of hyperbaric delivery, we can see a strong anti-inflammatory response. Well, that's a good thing. And sometimes it kickstarts a whole general wellness within our body, overcoming some challenges. Lastly, the immune system is extremely dependent on oxygen. And now you're supplying extra oxygen. So now your immune system can have more of what it creates oxy radicals, which is how it kills viruses and invading organisms, bacteria. So we're increasing our immune system. I didn't talk about the inflammation being part of pain relief, but that is one I forgot to say is that's the other benefit is when we get an anti-inflammatory, if there's any ongoing lingering pain, that sometimes can be helped quite a lot. So just to recap, in a quote healthy person like myself, the benefits would be inflammation or reducing inflammation, immune function, regenerating tissue, improved energy. Those would be some of the benefits that a healthy person would. Yeah. You know what? I just say combat accelerated aging, keep your body strong, keep your immune system strong. If you're always helping the body with that regenerative cycle, you're combating degeneration and overall energy. What happens as we get older, we see it. We see a lack of blood flow, lack of energy. And not always, but you know, most of the times, if you go into an older facility home, you'll see people slow. You go into a young five-year-old, you know, kid's station, they're running around. Well, what is the difference between those? Well, at five years of age, you don't have highway disease. You don't have cardiovascular disease. At 80, 90, you start narrowing and everything slows down. So really getting that oxygen in the liquid and energizing the brain, energizing your body, and just allowing your body to function at its best and most optimal function. How many treatments and how frequently does somebody that's like me that would be looking to optimize biohacker be needing to do to see these benefits? You know, that really depends. You know, if I'm looking at, you know, let's say somebody is really not doing well, typically what we'll do, they have a lot of physiological support that they need. We'll generally recommend a standard 40-hour protocol. It's a standard course of hyperbaric oxygen delivery. It's what we use for wound care. But what we found is when we deliver just like a bottle of 40 of dosages of medication, but in this case, 40 sessions of hyperbaric within one to two month period of time, we typically get the maximum response rate. There's some people that just need one to three sessions just to get a little jump start. three to five sessions. We can use that pre or post surgery. That happens a lot. If there's an injury or wound that there's some pain, we might look at about 10 sessions. Now, remember, these aren't what we call FDA-treatable conditions. What we're doing is we're saying this is the number of sessions that we've seen 
to help the body treat itself, right? If you cut yourself, if you cut your skin, skin heals. But we're oxygen dependent. The greater the oxygen, the greater the healing that we see. The less oxygen, the less healing that we see. So what we're doing is maximizing the body's potential. And that's the easiest way for me to say it with making sure that people who are wanting to undergo hyperbaric oxygen are doing it correctly and safely. So I saw a photo of you and Muhammad Ali. I would like for you to expand on your time with him and how he used the hyperbaric oxygen therapy to combat his disease with Parkinson's. Yeah, boy, that was a while ago. But basically, it was an interesting one. He had Parkinson's disease. And there's one area that I grew fondly of in my earlier part of my practice, which was environmental medicine and understanding how various chemicals per se can affect the body, the brain, the immune system, and the hormonal system. And at the time, it was Parkinson's disease or syndrome. But, you know, one thing that, you know, I could tell you in his case was that the environmental chemicals, when he was fighting in his big fight in Zaire, there was a lot of mosquito repellent and breathing it all in. And these are related to Parkinson's disease. And so chelation and some other therapeutic detoxification or cleansing treatments were uh, probably the higher on what was seen to be more effective. But that avoidance of chemicals, we're always around chemicals no matter where they are. But when it's in your work or home place environment, and when you're breathing, when you can actually smell it and take it into the lungs, there's two routes now it's going into the body, right? Now it's going into the lungs, but it's also going up in, you smell, it can go to the roof of the palate into the brain directly into that area. So, you know, the hyperbaric, is one that we can protect the brain. And at that time, we were very early in our dosaging on the number of sessions with the pressure, but also it was a key part of just helping protect the brain and what we call upregulating these protectant molecules called glutathione peroxidase, superoxide dismutase, these are where we can reduce that aging of the brain or progression of Parkinson's or progression of Alzheimer's. So I think it's not just treating, you know, when you look at Muhammad and his Parkinson's, it's keeping it not from declining in such a steep way. And I have that A lot of times patients will come in, I've been doing well for a while, and then, oh, wow, everything has just shifted. You know, we were in, I think it was Bahamas, and he had forgotten his medication, and they had to fly it in from Miami. But during that time, 
you can see that he was more aware. And, and so sometimes we have to look at the medications are good. They can be. But then what are the complications that they were doing that we don't know by taking them on a long-term basis, right? So do you recommend doing the hyperbaric oxygen therapy for Parkinson's disease? Right now, we have a lot of data since then that really makes me properly promote the addition of hyperbaric oxygen to a Parkinson's protocol. And, you know, more so than that, really looking at making sure you can do all the treatments, but if you still have that damaging neurotoxin knocking on the brain, you're not getting as net effect that we want, right? So you've got to reduce the source, the exposure. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a brain injury or a hit in the head. Fine. Okay. We know the cause. But always try to find out the cause. And it doesn't mean that there is one cause. <laughs> it's a multitude, right? So if we can eliminate some other stressors that the body's dealing with, maybe then it can focus just on that one. You take a look at mercury. When was it back in the day? Mad Hatter's disease, right? Where you had hat making in mercury and they said they went crazy. Well, the mercury got to their brain. And so when mercury binds sulfhydro group, when it gets into our body, the blood doesn't want it. It throws it into tissue really quickly. The half-life, it excretes it or stores it. Well, it takes 25 years for that mercury to disassociate. And then it could just rebind somewhere else. So, you know, looking at the environment and how it interplays inside the body is definitely something to look into for conditions like Parkinson's or any neurodegenerative condition, we do like to look at the cause, not just doing hyperbaric oxygen, you know, because that's a little bit short-sighted. Right. There's numerous things that they have to address, but that could go into part of their treatment protocol. So I've seen some of these chambers that have also have light therapy. Are you versed in that? Well, I've been doing hyperbarics for 23 years, 22 <laughs> years in light therapy. So there are two interventions I feel very strongly about, and it's about technology, taking nature, right? Just like you're taking a supplement. You're saying vitamin C, let me put it in a capsule, right? Because we know that we need this nutrient. It's essential to life. Or let me put it in an IV bag and infuse it in or a Myers cocktail and let me deliver that technology. So to me, the biggest cellular support we can do is direct with energy. It's called ATP, cellular ATP energy. Oxygen has a direct correlation between the cellular energy in our body. And you just, again, don't breathe and you'll know how much cellular energy you have in five minutes. Not much. You breathe in a hyperbaric chamber, you get extra oxygen, you have extra cellular energy. What are you going to do with it? 
I don't know, but I know the body does. So what I do is I keep it very simple and I help to provide access to hyperbaric to increase cellular energy. Light therapy, same thing. Energy can't be created or destroyed. You take energy and light and you transfer it into the body. What happens? There's certain wavelengths that will have certain effects when it passes into the tissue, a biochemical effect. So what is that? Red light is very popular. You'll see that a lot. And what red light does when it passes into the body, it hits what we call chromophores. They're light-absorbing molecules. Well, one of them is cytochrome C oxidase, exactly where oxygen combines with carbon to generate energy. And in the same way, you get this absorption of light. Photons then cause protons, hydrogen, to pump out of what we call the mitochondria coming back in to create energy. Now, what you're seeing with that is a very similar effect of hyperbaric and light. The difference is with light, I could focus it on an area in a body. If we do focused light, I know there's general light therapy as well, but we like doing it directly on the skin, no clothing, and getting a full penetration to deliver that light. The other key therapeutic light that I will use a lot is infrared, and there are different wavelengths that just go a little deeper. They'll also hit that cytochrome C oxidase, but a big effect is a very short-term release of nitric oxide that causes blood vessels to open locally. So now what I can do is I can dose more locally, right in that area. And the first study that really got me interested in the combination of the two was a study in 2001 that was published on wound healing. And it showed 36% quicker wound healing when you combine the two technologies. And then they use it on Navy SEAL, 40% musculoskeletal training injuries. Or It was a very interesting study to make me appreciate natural nature and say, okay, these are two technologies that if we can really understand them better and deliver a surplus into the body, and then light therapy, again, I could target, hyperbaric is the whole body. And with that support, we can do a lot of support for the human body. So give us one of your most fascinating success stories. Oh, boy, there's been... (laughs) I've listened to some of your other stuff, and I know you have a lot of good ones, so it might be hard for you to choose. I think we'll do Stephanie. She was early in my practice, and it was Stephanie's mother I met somewhere in Idaho at a conference. It was Stephanie had a brain injury. She was kicked in the head by horse, and she was... I think at the time, 17 years old and in a coma. And her mother said, do you think it could help me? And I said, well, the only thing I could tell you is that it is increasing oxygen into the liquid. One of the key liquids is the brain, that cerebral spinal fluid that 
base the brain and the spinal cord. And, you know, we can see what happens. There is some data, some reported data on coma therapy. And so what did we do? She came with her grandfather. They came in a white van and they came to my clinic and they did a one-month treatment protocol daily, at, stayed at the hotel, and a month later, she was out of her coma and still not moving, but she was able to wink, and there were some improvements. They saw this as an opportunity, and they said, when should we come back? And I said, take six weeks off, come back in a month. Like clockwork, six weeks off, one month back on. In that one month, she was able to regain cognitive function, try to stand. Next, six weeks later, one month, she was able to walk, then talk. The local news, I was up in Canada at the time, and they reported each time. So we had that published. And it was really fascinating. And at that time, my clinic got a lot of publicity for brain injuries and neurocognitive support. And I hired this doctor, and she was an excellent doctor. Six months into it, she was doing everything, which is really good for me. But she said, Zaid, I have a problem. I said, what? She goes, you have all these people with different conditions. They're coming in, and you're doing the same thing. She said, we're doing the same thing, but I'm a doctor. Do you know that's probably the biggest thing I learned 20 odd years ago? Because like a knee-jerk reaction, I said, no, you're not the doctor the human body is. I don't, it just came to me. And I realized that we can go and we can try customizing and being the doctor. But what happens when you have a cold or flu, you stay home and you feel better, rest. And I realized high oxygen, rest, let the body keep it really simple. And the human body is the best doctor, right? And so I learned a lot from that one patient that was quite a success Right. But it led to my current understanding 23 years later of this procedure, which is the chamber does not treat anything. The chamber isn't the treatment. The chamber provides technology, provides extra oxygen. Okay. Just like you're taking a vitamin pill of my vitamin IV, but call this oxygen. And it's an oxygen delivery. And that's probably the simplest way for me to even explain what hyperbaric oxygen is. I started with it and said it's a delivery system of a surplus of oxygen. The only thing is the delivery is above and beyond red blood cells into the liquid, which provides more dose of the oxygen, but also oxygen getting into areas that we just couldn't normally infuse into that can help in either chronic conditions, inflammatory conditions, aging, things like that. Is Stephanie's story available on YouTube if people want to look that up? I know we're going back, you know, early in your practice. Yeah, yeah. It's actually somewhere. I have videos on that. I can either send that to you or it should be on my website. 
Okay, yeah, I'll look and see if I can find it. If not, I'll message you so we can attach it to the show notes because people might be interested in following her journey. Yeah, there's a couple of other ones as well that were in a coma that were really, you know, when you realize that it's all you're doing is supplying the extra oxygen or in light therapy, the extra energy, the blood flow, and just saying, here, the pain is here. Okay, let's just dose the light right over the area that's a concern. And then let's support it with rest and good nutrition. And then don't forget that environmental workup. Just make sure we're not exposing ourselves to more environmental toxic chemicals that can affect our immune system, hormonal system, and our central nervous system. Well, I really appreciate your time today. You've provided such great insight. Is there anything else that we haven't covered on hyperbaric oxygen that you think the listeners need to know? I think you've asked the basic questions that I think can lead people on to doing more research themselves. And remember, it's a supplement. Be careful of using it as a treatment without the support of a doctor or... Right. Yeah. And then obviously, not everyone can go into a hyperbaric chamber. So there are risk assessments that should be done. Lower pressure basically provide very low risk, but you should still be cleared for just making sure the lungs and the ears. Sometimes people have challenges clearing in the ears. There might be some fluid in the ears, a little ear infection. It's not going to make it a good experience. Most people can easily go into the chamber, no problem at all. But if you have serious lung damage or anything like that, then definitely make sure that you're under the care of a provider. Absolutely. Dr. Z has a lot of good studies on his website, and I'm going to attach those in the show notes for people to find. I'll also attach his site, how to get a hold of him, those types of things. So you can learn more about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So Dr. Z, I appreciate your time today on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I'm glad you are doing okay in this hurricane as well. Safe as sound. Yep. Thank you very much. You're welcome.